And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mark, for being such a great blessing in the service here. Yes. And although last Sunday morning I was speaking at our London Church of the Nazarene, London, Ontario, I heard that Rupert Williams, our saxophonist, was a great musical blessing here. And of course, Dr. Lisa was a fantastic blessing with her tremendous message. Amen. Well, church family, would you kindly turn to the Holy Bible, chapter 20 of 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles, chapter 20. I'm sorry, yes, 2 Chronicles, chapter 20. Would you turn to it, please? In three previous messages... I shared with you on the theme of prepare yourself for the best year of your life. Prepare yourself for the best year of your life. Today we are starting a new brief series entitled Prepare Yourself to be Victorious Over Problems, Challenges, and Crises. And for those of you who might be looking up at the big screen and the title of the message, for those of you who are thinking, oh, Pastor Nick, you spelled crises wrong, just a little reminder, C-R-I-S-I-S is singular, C-R-I-S-E-S is plural. Just so some of you aren't wondering if I misspelled that word, okay? We are going to discover a lot from King Jehoshaphat. Can you say his name with me? Jehoshaphat. Say it again. Jehoshaphat. We're going to discover a lot from this king of Judah as to how he was victorious over a crisis in his own life and country. Now, Jehoshaphat was king of Judah in the Holy Land around 870 to 849 before Christ. Now, this may confuse some of you in terms of the timing, but just remember when we go before Christ, the numbers, the numbers increase going further back. So it's 870 coming back towards Christ's birth. And uh, anyway, 870 to 849 approximately. Now a lot of good things are said about King Jehoshaphat in the Bible. Here are a few of the good things that are said. I won't quote all the verses, but here are some of the truths spoken. The Bible says, The Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he followed the example of his father's early years and did not worship the images of Baal. He sought his father's God and obeyed his commands. Elsewhere, he was deeply committed to the ways of the Lord. Jehoshaphat enjoyed great riches and high esteem. Jehoshaphat lived in Jerusalem, but he went out among the people, encouraging the people to return to the Lord, the God of their ancestors. And one of my favorite descriptions of him is recorded in 2 Chronicles 22, verse 9, where it says, Jehoshaphat was a man who sought the Lord with all his heart. Isn't that a beautiful description? A man, say it with me, a man who sought the Lord with all his heart. Oh, wouldn't it be wonderful, wouldn't it be marvelous if that can be said of you and of me, that you are a man or you are a woman, I am a man who has sought and who is seeking the Lord with our whole heart. That's what the Lord wants of each of us. And the question is, are you seeking the Lord with your whole heart? 
If so, fantastic. If not, this can be the day. This can be the day of decision for you when you can begin to seek the Lord Jesus Christ with all of your heart, mind, soul, spirit, with all that you are. Amen? Amen. Now, through Jehoshaphat's devotion to the Lord and through his efforts, he was a great, he was a great leader who brought about spiritual revival in the nation of Judah. But even when good and great things are happening, a crisis will often arise, arise such as happened with Jehoshaphat. And by the way, some of you who, uh, who will end up having sons in the future might want to call your boy Jehoshaphat. I don't know anyone by that name in modern day uh, times, but Jehoshaphat means in Hebrew, it means Yahweh has judged. So honey, can you just remind our own kids about thinking of Jehoshaphat as a potential name in the future? Now, the only challenge, the only challenge with the name is that when, uh, when he goes to school, hopefully kids will either call him by the full name Jehoshaphat or that they might call him by his first three letters J, J, and hopefully they would not call him Fatty, you know, Jehoshaphat. But kids can be mean and miserable, and, and I'd be concerned about what the kids might call them. Isn't that right, George? All right. So let's read about the crises which King Jehoshaphat faced in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Here it is. After this, the armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Meunites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at Hazan Tamar. This was another name for Engedi. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from all over, from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Now we'll pause right there, and we're going to continue on with the story further in next week's message. But I want us to begin to discover some of the truths here that can really help prepare you yourself to be victorious over problems, challenges, and crises. And the first truth, the first truth I want to ask you to focus on with me is this. Number one, know that there will be times, there will be times in your life when you will face problems and challenges. King Jehoshaphat of the country of Judah faced a major problem, a crisis in fact. It was a crisis and it's recorded in those verses that we just read. I want you to notice that it says the armies of the Moabites Ammonites, Meunites, and there might have been the Termites and the Zittites and the Bedites and the Guberites and whatever other ites might have been in their day and age. There were a bunch of armies ganging up on Jehoshaphat and his country, and they declared war. They declared war on this dear man and his nation. Now, you and I don't have to deal 
with Moabites, Ammonites, or Meunites. But sometimes, sometimes, do you feel like your wife or husband is doing battle with you? At times, do you feel like your children are doing battle with you? Or on occasion, a child or youth or grown-up person may feel like their parent, their parent is doing battle with them. It could be you've had times when you've had battles of all kinds. Battles with your mother-in-law, father-in-law, sister or brother-in-law, uncle, aunt, a neighbor, your employer, the tax department, the law, amen? For others of you, you've had times when your health, your health has declared war on you and you are battling some illness, disease, a hearing or eyesight problem, whatever the case might be. And by, by the way, sometimes, sometimes some interesting things can happen when we go in for medical tests. Are you listening now? Are you listening? All right. Joanne Corman of Bedford, Nova Scotia tells this true story. She says, she says, when a soldier came to the clinic where I work, she says, when the soldier came for an MRI, he was put into the machine, he was put into the machine by a very attractive young technician. And sometime later, when the MRI examination was over, he was helped out of the machine by a far older woman. The soldier was perplexed and he, he stood up and he said, well, how long was I in there for? <laughs> how long was I in there for? <sighs> to our radio broadcast editor, please don't leave out my joke, okay? <laughs> my friends, Jehoshaphat and Jehoshaphat's crisis is a reminder to us that there are times in your life and mine when we will face problems, challenges, and crises. Sometimes they might be minor, and sometimes they might be major. If you have problems, you are not abnormal. You are very human. Join the club, join the club. It's not will you have problems, the more important issue is how do we deal? How do we deal with those challenges? And we're going to discover the answer to that question as we go further into this message and into next week's message. Which leads me to our second truth today, and it is this. Okay. Um, ushers, ushers. I'm not sure where my little friends are, but we've got some little friends there who are asking me if you would help them go to the nursery. I don't, I don't know where they are, but 
can you, can you just help them that they would prefer to play in the nursery rather than hear my sermon? So if you could assist them, please. Okay. So the second truth is this. Understand, understand that you are very normal. You are very normal when you experience fear during your tough time. Amen? Verse 3 says, Jehoshaphat was terrified by the news. And the, that's the um, New Living Translation. The NIV says he was alarmed. He was alarmed. And the Living Bible says Jehoshaphat was badly shaken by this news. Okay, what is the definition? What is the definition of fear? Fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain, or is a threat, right? It is quite normal for most of us to experience some level of fear, especially during the initial stages of whatever problem we are facing. In the Bible, someone has said that God says 365 times, fear not, fear not. In fact, the Lord is able to give us victory over fears. Psalm 34, verse 4 says this. It says, I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Why don't you read that verse with me from the big screen, all right? Read it with me. I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me, he freed me from all my fears. Praise the Lord. May the Lord give you that same freedom from fear. Here are some of God's helps for overcoming fear as recorded in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Here's some guidance, some help. A, remember God is with you. The first part of verse 10 says, don't be afraid, the Lord is speaking, and he says, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Isn't that beautiful? B, remember you belong to God. The next part of verse 10 says, don't be discouraged, for I am your God. Notice that. He says, I am your God, yours, 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 up in the balcony. It's wonderful to see so many of you up in the balcony there. I am your God, he says. See, remember God will help you. These are some helps for overcoming fear from Isaiah 41, verse 10. Remember, remember God will help you. The, the next part of verse 10 says, the Lord says, I will strengthen you and help you. Isn't that beautiful? I will strengthen you and help you. And then point D, remember, God won't drop you. Some of you have phones where every now and then the call is dropped, right? Well, the last part of verse 10 says, the Lord is speaking, he says, I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Some of your translations say, I will hold you up with my righteous right hand. 
So my friends, next time you are scheduled, next time you are scheduled for surgery or you are going through some other tough time and you experience some understandable fear, remember Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10. God is with you. You belong to God. He will help you and he won't drop you. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise his holy name. Let's go to our third truth for today, and it is this. Instead of focusing on your fear, focus on asking God as to what you should do to solve the problem, the challenge, or the crisis. Okay? Focus on asking as to what you should do to solve the problem, challenge, or crises. This is what Jehoshaphat did. Verse 3 says, Jehoshaphat begged the Lord for guidance. That's what the New Living Translation says, a translation that was done from the Greek and the Hebrew in the 1990s. The New International Version, translation done in the 1970s, the New International Version says, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. It is interesting to observe how in another part of the Bible, in 1 Chronicles chapter 14, when the Philistine armies planned to attack King David, King David of Israel, King David also stopped to ask God as to what he should do. 1 Chronicles chapter 14 verse 10 says, So David asked God, Should I go out to fight the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? And the Lord replied, yes, go ahead, I will hand them over to you. So what are we saying? We're saying you and I need to get into the habit of asking God as to what we should do to solve the problem. Amen? Now some of you are probably thinking, how might God guide us to solve the problem? Well, here are some ways God might guide us to solve the problem, the challenge, or the crises. Here are some of the ways. For those of you taking notes, it's A. The Lord might guide you through an audible voice or a very powerful inward impression. In King David's case, it seems the Lord guided him through an audible voice, and that can happen. Here is another way, point B. The Lord might guide you by somehow bringing your attention to a specific Bible verse or chapter or story of the Bible. Psalm 119 verse 105 says this. It says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Amen? Point C. The Lord might guide you through the wisdom and knowledge of another godly person. Psalm 37, verse 30 says, The godly offer good counsel. Proverbs 27, verse 9 says, The heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? The heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. It's beautiful. 
my car or my SUV vehicle is almost 15 years old and has about 360,000 kilometers. Now I'm hoping, I'm hoping it will keep going till Jesus comes. Some of you get blessed with the weirdest things. I'm hoping it will keep going, but if it becomes too expensive to repair it, and my wife would probably tell you it has already been costing me too much in repairs, right, honey? It might be wise, it might be wise for me to eventually replace my vehicle with a newer car of some sort. If I end up doing that, I will ask some of the men in our church who know a lot about, or know a lot more about cars than I do, I will ask for their wisdom and their guidance. I am somewhat knowledgeable about cars and prices, but there are people in our church who are far more knowledgeable, and I will be open to the Lord's guidance through them. What I'm saying is, Whatever your situation might be, the Lord might guide you through the wisdom and the knowledge of someone who loves you, someone who loves the Lord and would be happy to give you their input and their, their, their guidance. Amen? So which of you in the future, five, 10 years from now, will give me some guidance about a car? Oh, no hands went up. All right. Anyway, I'll just seek the Lord. Point D. Remember, we're talking about ways God might guide you to solve the problem, challenge, or crisis. Point D. The Lord might guide you through a sermon, a Sunday school lesson, a Bible study, a Christian song, or a Christian book. Recently, I received an email from an out-of-country guest who attended our New Year's Eve service. That guest wrote the following words about the New Year's Eve message. And I'm just quoting from a portion of his email. He says, As you began to preach about Demas forsaking Paul and your example from a pastor's conference, I really felt that God had sent me to your church that night to hear your message and be delivered from the disappointment that I had been carrying with me. And then he went on to say some other nice things. And what I want to say is, whether it is Pastor Nick preaching or one of our other wonderful ministers, be open, be open to the fact that the Lord might have something specific to say to you. Amen? Be open, my friends. Let it be so. Point E, the Lord might guide you through a God-given dream. Dreams are a part of normal sleep patterns, but we learn from uh, the Bible that sometimes, not always, but sometimes the Lord uses a special dream to give someone some guidance, as happened, for example, with Joseph when Mary became pregnant and Jesus, with Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's another way God might guide you to solve a problem, challenge, or crisis. It's point F. The Lord might guide you by having your path cross with a specific person. Back in the year of 2002, 
we were getting ready to build this church facility. In addition to the funds which we had raised for construction, we needed a large loan or mortgage from one of the banks or financial institutions. Our treasurer and I and our finance committee had tried very hard for about two years, for about two years, to arrange our necessary loan or mortgage. But it seemed like almost every bank and financial institution was saying no repeatedly. They said no to our applications. We had an excellent, excellent credit history as a church, but what most of you wouldn't know is that many banks and finance companies refuse to lend to churches and charities. The main reason is because they are concerned that if the bank has to ever foreclose on a church or a charity, they're concerned that there's bad publicity for the banking institution, and so they try to avoid that. In June and July of 2002, I remember thinking of how most likely our building plans with the city of Toronto would be approved either by September or October of that year. Our builder, or more specifically, the Don Hockey Management Construction Team, was getting ready to start construction in the fall of 2002. As a pastor, I was very burdened. I was very, very burdened uh, because with only two to three months to go before construction, we still did not have the major construction loan approved and secured. We still, after two years, didn't have it. Do you see this bald spot up here? <laughs> Can you put the camera on my bald spot? See it up there, guys? See that bald spot? All right, all right. A lot of that had to do with the building project. A lot of that had to do with the building project. You see the gray hair on this side? I won't tell you where that came from. You see the gray hair on this side? Anyway, all right. Okay, so things were getting desperate, and I remember praying. I remember praying, Lord, guide us. Guide us to the bank or financial institution or somebody who will give us the major construction loan. One day I went to visit in a hospital the father of a gentleman who attended our church. The father wasn't a part of our local church, but I went simply out of love and concern for him to read scripture, encourage him, and pray for his recovery. While I was at the hospital, his own local Baptist church pastor also happened to visit at the same time. His pastor had heard about our building project and plans and asked me how it was going. I was honest with him and I told him that it looked like we should be starting construction in September, October. However, I, I told him that after about two years of trying to get the major construction loan and mortgage, we still couldn't find a bank or financial institution that would lend us the money. That dear pastor said, why don't you try? Why don't you try Duke of Financial Services in Whitby? Never heard about the company, didn't know anything about them, but I responded, and we responded. That was July of 2002. To shorten the story, 
in September 2002, I think it was about one week, only about one week before we received the approval of our building plans to start construction, we received confirmation of our much-needed construction loan from Duca Financial Services, which after construction officially was referred to as the mortgage. All right? Now, was my chance meeting with a Baptist pastor in the hospital room who suggested we apply to Duke of Financial Services? Was it just a coincidence? No, no. I believe there are times the Lord guides us by having our path cross with a specific person. Amen? Amen. Express your praise to the Lord. All right? Amen? Amen. And I want to say to you, may the Lord guide you, may the Lord guide you to have your path cross with the right doctor, the right dentist, the right lawyer, the right bank, the right investment advisor, the person who can help you get the right job, the right retirement advisor, the right college or university you should attend, the right car salesman you might need, the right real estate agent you might require, the right marriage partner for those of you who are looking. Amen? It's a beautiful laugh over there somewhere. God bless you. So my friends, Here's our summary. Prepare yourself to be victorious over problems, challenges, and crises. Next week, we will go into part two of this message. But I believe that as you and I put into practice and live out these truths, we will experience more victories over problems and challenges and crises. And through it all, to God be the glory. Let's stand. Let's stand. As we sing this beautiful song, if any of you want to come and pray, you can kneel or stand around this altar. You can come and pray. Maybe, maybe some of you need to pray about your own relationship with the Lord. I said at the beginning of this message, the Bible says Jehoshaphat was a man who sought the Lord with all his heart. This can be the day when you begin to seek the Lord with all your heart. You can begin to seek Jesus the Christ and make him your Savior and Lord. You can devote yourself fully, totally to him. Others of you may want to come and say, Lord, I, uh, I, I'm going, and I've been going through a fearful time. It's been a fearful time, but as I've listened to your word today, I understand that it's very normal, very normal for me to be afraid. But God, help me. Help me to overcome this fear. Help me to over, override and, get, and gain victory over this fear. And then others of you, they want to come and pray and say, Lord, I want to ask you. I want to ask you as to what I should do. 
Give me the guidance, Lord, about this problem or this challenge or this crisis that I'm facing. Lord, help me. Help me to find the answer. What should I do? And then watch as to how the Lord will answer your request, your, your prayer. Heavenly Father, we do believe, and we do believe that you are able to help us be victorious over problems, challenges, and crises. We're thankful for the privilege that is ours to put our faith and trust in you. Hear the prayers of our dear people at the altar and across this sanctuary. May you take everyone home safely, O oh Lord. And we look forward to meeting with you once again, Lord, in our evening service tonight as Pastor Lucas brings the message and our guest singer brings these wonderful songs once again. Unto you be all honor, glory, and praise. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Amen.